0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my video about it might be time to remove trials. Uh, If you're listening to this in any of the other locations, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. You can go to SNTRlive.com. It'll bring you to my YouTube channel where we do these talks. Now listen, I know people are going to think, why are you campaigning for the removal of trials? That's not what this video is about. I have somebody as a member of the SNTR network named Wolverine, he's got a channel look it up, look up Crucible Coliseum look up Trials Halftime, he does a live show on Saturday nights, we are not sitting here campaigning for the removal of the mode I actually really like the mode I love Trials of Osiris even though I haven't really engaged with it, I still think it's a great mode with great potential, but at this moment in time, it feels like Bungie is setting it up to fail and it feels like, look, it might be just time to remove it or completely rework it, All right, Destiny 2 saw the return of Trials of Osiris in the early portion of 2020. It went through a very quick honeymoon phase that was hampered by a rise in cheating and poor loot design structure that led to a whole host of problems. If you remember low card farming, we looked at the numbers this morning, it quickly went from 358,000 to an utter downward spiral of engagement numbers just sort of plummeting. From the very beginning, Trials did not return to high numbers of engagement, and has since felt like the vultures are beginning to circle on the life expectancy of the mode. With where the game is headed, and how much Destiny has changed over the years, does this game mode even belong anymore? I think this is a completely valid question to ask. If you look at stasis, if you look at loot generosity, loot delivery, loot agents. There's lots of things going on in the game right now, and Trials feels at almost every turn outdated. It's like this isn't built for Destiny as it exists now. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be, okay? It can be structured in a way for Destiny now, and we went back and looked at the Trials numbers pre-Rise of Iron. So right before Rise of Iron, there was a 40-week stretch where Trials maintained an average of four hundred to 450,000 players. Now keep in mind, that's crazy. It's 40 weeks of a nice baseline of players. After Rise of Iron, it dropped and never hit those numbers ever again. It started averaging two hundred to 250,000. They almost cut their player base in half with a couple of bad decisions. So I think that shows just how volatile this playlist is and how much potential it has. So first point of today's talk, where is the value? Where's the value? Why am I going to play Trials right now? It seems like a lot of other portions of the game right now. Like, the loot's really, really stingy, and it's not going to motivate players to engage with the playlist. Even though the armor looks absolutely incredible, and at least two of the weapons are worth chasing, the hand cannon and the pulse, the lack of clear value is the first and most foundational problem with Trials of Osiris. If you want folks to spend time in the mode, it certainly doesn't seem that way. It seems shrouded and confusing, and it honestly seems like they don't want players to play it, it, it's designed for only the best of the best very sweaty and there's and even then the rewards you get in flawless seem like a total crap shoot when it was armor i'm gonna get to that point in a minute right people weren't even getting a good pieces of armor so i said this today trials should exist and be treated the trials card as two worlds actually three worlds but these two worlds are as follows and, and here's the thing, they're both of equal importance, okay? Both of these sides of the card matter a lot, okay? They're super important and I think Bungie isn't looking at it this way and they really, really should. This is one of the reasons the numbers were so reliable and predictable before Rise of Iron. Games 1 through 3 should be the entrance for virtually any team looking to snag tokens and loot. It should be just like, hey, come in and play. Really? It's come in and play. There's tons of stuff. There's tons of loot. There's tons of tokens. There is no reason to not have loot and tokens just dropping like crazy in the lower games. There's no reason at all. You should want teammates and players like me being like, this is worth my time. I'm going to go in here. Why? Come on. Look how rewarding it is. Look at the value. There's a value transmission that's Easily deducible by virtually any player among any skill spectrum where they land. Okay, Games 4 through 7 is where you really want to see the game mode turn on a hinge. The whole game should turn on that hinge. So hardcore players and the more talented teams are motivated to leave the bottom half of the card. Make the to- token payout painfully obviously better than games 1 through 3. You would never want to stay on the bottom half of the card. It wouldn't. It wouldn't make any sense, right? And then you make flawless even better. What I said this morning is games three through uh, games four through seven should feel like the promised land, where you really want to end up, where it really gets rewarding. And then flawless, the flawless chest should be like heaven, like you've ascended to the highest of the high, like you really all the way at the tippity top. And wish you luck had an idea in chat today. He's like, once you get past game three, there should be a chance of flawless loot dropping. And it gets higher. The percentage gets higher the further you go on the card. What you're doing is you're creating spectrum of reward. So you end up with a spectrum of player engagement. And then equilibrium happens. You don't have people living on the bottom half of the card because it's more lucrative and easier. And you're incentivizing the good teams to go beyond game three because they'd be stupid not to. You need to set up a scaffolding and structure to how trials exists so no one questions these two things why would I play right No one's gonna question that. Dude, are you kidding me? Games 1 through 3? So many tokens, so much loot. Well, if people get what they want, they're gonna stop playing. Nobody's playing to begin with, okay? So that's not even a philosophy or an axiom that matters right now, right? No one's gonna ask that question, why should I even play? And, no one's gonna ask the question, dude, why should we even bother going up to games 4 through 7? Or try to go flawless? You wouldn't ask that question if they structured it in a way where it was undeniably better to go beyond game 3. Okay. Bungie's decision making on this is so painful because they had it right before Rise of Iron and they're so hesitant and seemingly too prideful and too focused on their ego to say we had it better back then, the philosophy was better back then they just keep on keeping on with this terrible philosophy and the player base numbers communicate loudly that nobody is going nobody is responding to this game mode which is related to my second point never rose to greatness I went back and I checked the opening weekend for Trials of Osiris last year. 358,000 total players for the weekend. That's the opening. That's when it finally came back. And it settled into a predictable rhythm with roughly mid to high 200,000 numbers for the remainder of the year. Okay? Okay. It, it never rose to greatness you gotta remember, before Rise of Iron Trials was only available on two platforms, we didn't even have PC back then and they were in the 400-450,000 to 450,000 players for 40 weeks, 40 weeks Trials maintained really really good numbers in Destiny 1 and now, after it's supposed to come back to it's triumphant return it barely maintains 200,000 right before Season of the Chosen it dipped all the way down to like 100,000 players, roughly Slowly, as we ended the year and started 2021, the numbers dropped down below 200,000 with only 98,000 players logging in the weekend before Season of the Chosen started. 98,000. They didn't, they didn't even crack 100k. Now, that's understandable. It's right before a new season. Everybody's kind of waiting. Everybody's in a holding pattern. We're already looking right now, this weekend. This is the second weekend of Season of the Chosen. We're not even going to hit 300k the second weekend. We might. We might squeak in. Usually, everything slows down the last couple of the days. Now, This is important to note, because many frame the debate as if Trials was doing well at some point in the life of Destiny 2, and now recoveries and cheating are killing it. This is simply not true. The player distribution is even on consoles versus PC, and the numbers, as we just showed, they really never hit impressive numbers last year. I think that cheating, and recoveries, and DDoSing on console, I believe that's a slight gust of wind on a shaky house of cards. I think Trials is already in a bad place structurally, so there's not a lot of players. If you had 400 000 to 500,000 players every weekend, cheating, recoveries, and DDoSing would still be happening, but it would be less noticeable, and have less of an impact on the mode. It's having a greater and overemphasized impact on the mode, because there's almost nobody playing and that has a compounding effect because the less people that play the more likely you run into cheaters, recoveries uh, and DDoSers and if you don't run into them you're going to run into a stack sweaty team so that compounds itself and less, and less and less and less people play the only way this mode gets where it needs to go is by really getting players in the funnel and that's related to the final point a square peg has Trials become the square peg to the round hole? does it even fit anymore in Destiny? That's the ultimate question that we're asking here. It's slowly, more and more, it's starting to feel like Trials of Osiris is a dinosaur trying to live in the modern world. It's big, it's grand, it's really, really cool, but it just doesn't seem to fit with the world around it. A great Destiny PvP cocktail just isn't pairing with the main meal of of Destiny and how much it's evolved right now. With respect to player agency, how we chase loot, how loot is more accessible, how the game's updated every three months, and stasis, Okay, These are all elements to Bungie's evolution of Destiny, and Trials hasn't caught up with the rest of the game, it seems to be falling behind. Stasis is only one aspect of this equation, because Bungie continues to give new fragments, aspects, and exotics that lean into the power fantasy, and we aren't even in Witch Queen or other seasons yet, where we're likely going to get new subclasses. With every season update and new power expression, Trials just feels more and more out of place. It may be time for Bungie to completely scrap the mode and think of a new way to bring what Trials once brought to Destiny or what I really think they should do is revamp it to match what worked in Destiny 1. It's a good mode. It's a good cocktail. You've got to contextualize it to where Destiny is now. If they're not going to contextualize Trials to fit with Destiny as it exists now and where it's going in the future, then kick it out of the game. You're wasting time and resources on it. Gambit had the towel thrown in on it, and most of the new maps and game modes that Bungie's tried to create have been scrapped. So I don't really think they should try to come up with a new mode. They don't have a great track record. Most of those modes got removed, Rift, Breakthrough, Salvage, and then what they did to Gambit. They're not very good right now at the innovation. I don't think they have the team that can do what needs to be done so make the ground level logistical and philosophical changes to flood the player pool with players to minimize the rough edges of cheating, DDoSing, and recoveries and then obviously we need strong efforts on anti-cheat and DDoS protection on console. Those are sort of a given. So I am not campaigning for the removal of this mode. Make it great or stop wasting everybody's time. We're going to transition to Q&A if you're listening to this elsewhere. You can catch us live at SNTRlive.com and if you're in the live audience, don't go anywhere. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about it might be time to remove trials. I didn't campaign for it to be removed, just talked about how they need to make significant changes because it's not worth it right now. If you're listening in any of the other locations, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. That'll take you to the YouTube channel where we do these discussions. Taken off with a two-parter from Temper. My hot take is this. Outside of Stasis, Trials is nearly identical to how it was in D1. Bad. Uh, The only reason it was popular then is because we were all average players and didn't know better. The skill level of the average player has increased so dramatically that even good players struggle to go flawless now. But then there was tons of broken things every weekend from Sunsinger uh, to Sunbreaker to final round snipers it's never been in a good place and people are starting to realize it do you think Bungie should completely scrap trials entirely and rethink endgame PvP uh, your commentary doesn't jive with 40 weeks of steady numbers Okay, um, I think your commentary is, is broad stroke reductionist Uh, with respect. It's not accurate. So right here you can see from week 19 to week 59, leading up to Rise of Iron, 40 weeks of stable 400 to 450, sometimes 500,000 players. Right? I don't think you get 40 weeks of steady engagement just because players aren't that good. (laughs) Like I I think that's an oversimplification of what was going on back then. Now, PC wasn't even in the mix. Okay? So with with the, with the fewer platforms it outperformed what we have now for 40 weeks straight and then all of a sudden all you gotta do is look at week 71 the other half there where it t- continues to go down after that big spike that's Rise of Iron what murdered engagement numbers and dropped the average floor of trials after Rise of Iron d- what did everybody just magically get better and drove people out of the playlist according to your your theory? No. The loot was terrible. You couldn't get the new loot, you could only get the bad loot. It's predicated on the idea that the big population does not mean the mode was healthy. Uh, Then, you are talking in subjectivity and opinion, and I don't care. Like, I don't care if that's what you think. That's irrelevant. If almost half a million people are playing every weekend, you cannot... There's no way for you to logically backflip your way to say that for 40 weeks the player base numbers were steady, close to half a mil, but it wasn't healthy. How do you define healthy then? I, I don't, I don't understand. What, what, what's your determiner? Because as soon as Rise of Iron hits, and you see that spike, and then you see a steady decline, and it never goes back to where it was for the 40 weeks leading to Rise of Iron. Like, how can you say it's not healthy? Healthy would be steady and predictable player base engagement not spikes and drops spikes and drops because people are like oh it's new still sucks oh it's new still sucks i i don't understand it's 40 weeks from week 19 if you can see my mouse from week 19 to week 59 61 area there it's it's literally almost an entire year of just predictable close to half a million players logging into play i, I don't understand what you would say would make it healthy triple sunsinger triple sunbreaker emptying clips final round snipes okay so what the, the 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 challenge with what you're claiming is those were problems for crucible okay Uh, you know, Warlocks meleeing into the future from a half a mile away and killing you and the Sunbreaker Sunsinger infinite tether glitch all of these things were problems for the Crucible, right? Those are the problems for Crucible Trials as a playlist was steady and engaged with So, the problem with what you're doing is, first of all, you're not even asking a question. You just submitted two comments of you ranting about how bad Trials was back then. I'm not here to indulge your complaints about Trials from Destiny 1. That's not why I do this, okay? I want to deal in the most concrete ways that we can, and what we know about Trials back then is for 40 straight weeks it averaged anywhere from 400 to 500,000 players and as soon as Rise of Iron came into the mix it plummeted and it never rose back to that greatness and when it came to Destiny 2 it it started at 358,000 here's the graph for Destiny 2 358,000 and woof 11 weeks of nothing but a plummet in engagement and it's never rose back to greatness. It always ho- it always hovers in hundred thousand to two hundred thousand players. Spiked to three hundred thousand. It squeaked into three hundred thousand the first the first weekend. And it's never. It's probably never going to go back to there ever again. Love how he says that someone's opinions are relevant despite having the entire stream about his own opinions. Because I don't know if you realize this or not. You, you you've typed something of lower intelligence. This is kind of my stream and my world that's what you're clicking on, right? That's what you're clicking on. Him submitting complaints to a QA and a isn't what Q&A is for. I don't say, hey guys, submit your two paragraphs of hot take complaints about how bad Trials was in Destiny 1, right? Telling me I'm stupid? Yes, you're now repeating back what I said to you. Again, you don't seem to be of a high enough intelligence to hang out here. You're struggling with basic concepts. Um, That's not what Q&A is for. Q&A is to ask a question. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? It's just two paragraphs of like, it's always been bad. It sucked in D1 too. Okay. what What do you want me to say to that? There's no answer to that other than thanks for sharing your rant with with me, right? Now, we have chat for that. We have Discord for that. You can rant all day long. I don't ban people for ranting or time people out for ranting. You can rant all day long. Q&A is not the time to, like, give me two paragraphs of being like, it sucked back then, still sucks. Like, that's not what this is for. You know what I mean? <laughs> Lightly with this beautiful pasta. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I'm, I'm moving on. Like the, 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 stats, the stats are way in favor of showing they had something right in D one and they don't have it right, right now. Jeep, uh, grandpappy says the people who say it sucked in D one never went flawless themselves as they were crab of the game and are angry about it. <laughs> Those stats before rise of iron GP, homie, I was play. I never went flawless. I loved it. It was so good back then, dude. Rise of iron came out. I remember I think we were two or three weeks in. I logged in, right? And I played and I was like, why am I getting old loot? And then I didn't play again. Like, it was like, it was that simple for me. I was like, I'm not getting the new loot. Why am I going to play trials? Whoop, and I left. And you can see the player base numbers reflecting that. People are like, yay, Rise of Iron. I'm not going to get new loot. Woof, Down went the numbers. In 40 weeks of half a million people playing. And then they murdered it with Rise of Iron. I think a hope would be that the number stays at 300 to 400k in D2. You're never going to hit 500k. But if we can average between 300 and 400, there's a big problem. If we can't average three. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Grandpappy stops by every once in a while. I learned how to play PvP in trials. I was trash at the start, and now I'm a PvP main. Well, and. and and also, you don't necessarily want people in there that are committed to becoming gods. You also want players in there like me that are just in there to get some loot and have some fun. You know, we're we're kind of greasing the wheels. We're making the cards go faster. You know, you get to game three and you face me. You're like, yeah, all right. There's a point eight that I can run over. <laughs> like, I'm a point eight in a playlist and I'm helping you get to the lighthouse faster. And if I'm enjoying myself and I'm getting loot, then that's a great scenario. That's a great exchange of time. You know, you don't have to play seven sweat teams in a row and I get to play and get loot no matter how poorly I'm playing. They maintain 40 weeks of 400 some odd thousand players, 450, sometimes 500,000, a range of 400 to 500,000 players. They maintain that for 40 weeks. They can do it again. They can do it again. It's not hard A week? Okay. A year has fifty-two weeks in it. All right. That's three quarters of the year. They're they're missing twelve weeks in that stat. Forty weeks. They're missing one quarter. Three quarters of an entire calendar year. They maintain good player base numbers. I'll be playing Outriders on my gaming channel this week on Thursday and Friday use the gaming command if you want to support my gaming channel we got a lot of variety for you this week we're going to be trying to play new titles as they come out we got a great tool for me to do that with steam a lot of indie titles again no end game chance for loot you've unlocked uh, is a miss the drought of tokens is a mega miss yeah they've it's frustrating because it feels so simple we're not asking for new boons we're not asking for new maps rules, adjustments, sandbox tweaks and changes right we're not asking for that we're saying oh my gosh make it rewarding all across the spectrum of the card so everyone plays purple platform lona would have flamed Temple for t- uh, temper for typing that question you've definitely come a long way I mean, I'm being nice about it, but I'm also trying to give you some instructions. I don't want Q&A to turn into this. It turned into this on the other platform. That is not what I'm indulging with q and and a is usually an hour-long endeavor, and I'm not, I don't want to waste time on somebody that just wants to gripe and complain. Listen, I want you to gripe and complain in the chat and in the Discord. We are here for that. You are allowed to come here and do that as long as you're respectful and kind. Q&A is meant to be a little bit more curated for better back and forth not just you going on a rant session. Leave the ranting to me right? (laughs) Leave the ranting to me during Q&A. Again, you can rant in chat just try not to do it in Q&A Timothy with a question, do you think Bungie should implement a solo mode for trials this mode already turns casuals away at the door, but looking for players to play with an LFG is irritating since everyone displays their own kind of hypocrisy um I don't know about the second half of your question. Here's the thing. You can't go freelance. You just can't. Number one, you can't do a solo mode because you're going to bleed any remaining bastion of casual players or average players from the mode. Why? Because they're going to say, well, I'm going to go play the casual version of Trials. And then you're going to, you're going to fragment the player base, right? Oh man, we had 300,000, 200,000 players. Yippee skiffy. Now we have even less because everybody's going over to the easier version of Trials. You also have the problem of DDoSing and cheating. Do you really want to get matched with the player who's going to cheat you all the way to the Lighthouse? And unless you're super adept at picking up on it, you might not know it's happening. And now all of a sudden, your record's sullied, right? So that's a problem. DDoSing protection is supposed to come. Anti-cheat's going to be non-existent for the foreseeable future because Bungie doesn't want to invest in it, and they could. Do not do not believe their narrative on the anti-cheat. They are not being forthright, okay? With the way they've talked about anti-cheat. We have anti-cheat. No you don't. You have a background reactive system that requires a person to do it. That's not anti-cheat, okay? A solo mode would not work here for those reasons. Secondly, if you do freelance so people can literally just go into trials and matchmake Number one, you're going to completely dilute what the game mode is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about get a team, come in here and compete. The recipe worked in Destiny 1. There was no freelance. There was no matchmaking. The reason they had 40 weeks, okay, the reason we had 40 weeks of predictable numbers, okay, is because... They were rewarding you for your time, and the player base responded positively to it. That's all you got to do. I see people stop. Uh, I want to see people stop praising Bungie every time they sue a cheat maker when we still don't have anti-cheat. I mean, you got to give me credit. When I made that video, I said, "Is this? Is this? Is this what's going to be necessary?" Like, and I called it, you know, cheat company whack-a-mole. I was like, "Is this what we're going to do? Is this how you're going to stop cheating?" <coughs> So yeah, I, I don't I don't think I don't think that that's the that that's one of many answers. Yeah, shut down the cheat suppliers. That's cool, that's good, but you gotta do way more than that. You gotta do way more than that. Their their narrative on anti cheat, I, I I just they bumbled that ball, dude. Until we get something that actually gets installed and actually is front facing, I don't care what they say about anti cheat. I really, really don't. You know what I mean? Like if I got a leak in my basement, alright, and the water is damaging is damaging the walls and the foundation. And I got a guy, I got a plumber that comes in and is like, Well, we're we're gonna be able to get you more pressure uh, in your sinks and your showers. I don't care about that. I have a leak I have a leak in my basement. Fix that Well, we have a system in place to uh, adequately slow water flow periodically so the leak will be less severe at different times of the day. Shut the frick up and fix the leak. Like, that's how I feel. It's like, I don't care what you trot out about lawsuit here or, oh, we're doing this over here. No, if you don't have front-facing anti-cheat, I don't care about all the other stuff. It doesn't matter to me doesn't you've got to fix the root issue if you don't these game modes are a waste of time and your cross play is going to land like a lead balloon because you're not going to have you're not going to be able to force it on people you're not going to be able to now, crossplay will be great for people that want it, that want to raid together, Nightfall, Strike, whatever. It'll be good for your public space matchmaking, too, if you can do it, so it's always full of people. But if you start forcing cross-play on people the, in Crucible and in Trials, and people all of a sudden that play on the PlayStation and the Xbox have to play against Harry Potter on PC, it isn't going to go over very well at all. You're going to destroy the last bastion of crucible and crossplay should be celebrated and now it's looming like a shadow and a threat because you don't have anti-cheat it's 2021 and if you have a free-to-play game without anti-cheat you are stupid it's that simple you are stupid You go to an indie company. What are you working on there? Oh, it's going to be a free-to-play PvP game. We've emulated some of the Battle Royale uh, influences of Fortnite. Oh, that's great. Do you have anti-cheat? No, we don't. You're stupid. Your game is going to get cannibalized within a week. And no one will want to play it. When your company just trotted out a press release about tripling your HQ size and investing in new media and bringing on board members from the entertainment field you're going from an 80,000 square foot headquarters to 280,000 square foot headquarters and you don't have anti-cheat for your free-to-play game you are stupid What are we doing? What, what, is, what is this? Where do we live? free to play games that launch without anti-cheat get eaten alive and then what did they do what did Fortnite do what did Apex do what's Call of Duty constantly doing instituting better layers of cheat and ban enforcement and anti-cheat what did Valorant do and you're sitting here with some reporting system <laughs> what What are you? what is this what are you doing <laughs> so let me get this straight let me get this straight. 2022 is going to roll around, and you're expecting people to buy your Lightfall expansion and play Destiny crossplay, right? Free to play and no anti-cheat. You that you you're going to say that with a straight face? Yeah. We just did a multi-billion-dollar investment in the size of our company. We have a uh, we have an office in Amsterdam, but you don't have anti-cheat. What, what's going on here? Look at Epic. Look at the money Epic made off Fortnite. They're printing money. Like, it's just, they're printing money. They invested in the anti-cheat. <laughs> they invested in it. If, if, listen, if, can't Booyah, thank you for renewing your members. I'm getting on a soapbox here, okay? Think about it. If Bungie was downscaling the investment and the commitment to Destiny 2 and focusing on the new IPs, then I could see somebody being like, I don't expect them to do anti-cheat. You can't drop a press release that says you're tripling your headquarters size next year. You are increasing your commitment to the long-term development of Destiny 2, and you love Destiny so much, you have Destiny Universe, a VP of Destiny Universe, a director of creativity of Destiny Universe. You've promoted those guys, and you're going to push Destiny into new media. You're making all those investments, and what well, anti-cheat too hard? Is anti-cheat too difficult? What what's the problem here? You have a free-to-play game with with PvP in it. D- this doesn't this doesn't make any sense to me. Is this channel only focused on crapping on Bungie? It's all I ever see. If all you ever see is crap, you're either wearing the wrong glasses or it's a you problem. I have plenty of videos where I talk about how good the content is or changes that they need to make again, with a name like The Diaper (laughs) I guess you're familiar with being crapped on, I mean, go somewhere else if you don't like the content the same company that once said making D2 in itself was too hard well, they never publicly said that they never publicly said that, We we gotta read those leaks and articles in context, come on those articles were people that worked there talking anonymously about how it's difficult to boot up the systems and to load the environments and they've tried to stream, uh, streamline their pipeline process and shave a couple of weeks off, right? That's They've never publicly said, it's really hard for us to make destiny, guys. They've never said that. We always have to read those articles, number one, with a grain of salt, and number two, it's like, they didn't come out and tell us that, you know? Now, they gave us an insight into parallel development and why sometimes what they do in one season, Black Armory, doesn't line up with what they do in the next season, season of the Drifter. That wasn't them saying it's too hard to make content, they were trying to give us a window into their processes so we would understand, like, why would you build Reckoning completely the opposite from the way that you built Black Armory? I thought that was actually helpful. So... He literally was praising the presage mission last week. Yeah, I have a whole stream dedicated to how the presage mission and Dead Man's man's Tale was a a brilliant surprise. I had nothing but good things to say about that. I I have tons of praise for Season of the Chosen, you know? I've just been saying they've got logistical problems that's going to hurt. It's actually frustrating because they're hurting good content. They have really good content that they're hurting with bad logistical decision-making. You made you made good you made good decisions about loot quantity and where loot is landing. You got two dungeons that are relevant, playlists that should be relevant. You got this new Battlegrounds mode, you got upgrading uh, sense of progression systems with the helm and the umbrals, and it's all horribly mismanaged with respect to logistics. So you got all this great quality, all this nice substance we've been asking for, and it's it's set up like we're playing Destiny One it doesn't it it, they they gotta get in front of this because if not it's like who's gonna want to pay ten dollars for a season where they feel like man oh man i'm never gonna get it i'm never gonna get the stuff that i want it doesn't make any sense (laughs) next uh question is another one from timothy These last two weeks was the first time since Destiny 2 Vanilla that I played Trials. The loot was a huge factor, even though I did not enjoy myself as much as in D1. Why was D1 PvP so much more satisfying and engaging than the current game? Shouldn't Bungie have built upon something that was already good? I'm gonna tell you one of the main reasons that you had more fun in Crucible in Destiny 1. You played against a spectrum of player, and you don't do that now. Right? talking about the negative things brings in a lot more viewers too my dead man's tail stream did amazing so I don't know I put that in your diaper and and I guess smell it I was going to say put it in your pipe and smoke it but your name's diaper so I just got to keep playing off that um, <laughs> you, I, you played against a spectrum of player I don't even think it's rose tinted glasses so there was a time where skill based matchmaking got turned off and I played 16 matches and this was in destiny 2 okay this was in Destiny 2 I played 16 matches silent D coming in with a brand new membership enjoy the dope badge and emotes you are dope and deserve dope stuff thank you that's 9 new members for the day we're inching closer to 800 members to unlock an emote so in the 16 matches that I played when skill based matchmaking got turned off we went and looked at all of the results of those matches And instead of having a bunch of matches where everyone's KD and KDA were very, very similar, and the scores were very, very close, we had a variety of results. You had really bad players, you had medium players, really good players, all across the spectrum. And you've had this experience, I know you have, I have. You go into a game, and there's the guys that you know you can challenge, because they're they they're a potato, compared to you, it's subjective, but they're a potato. You know you can beat them. You see them, they're digging in the dirt, they're shooting walls, they're playing with their feet, you don't know what the frick they're doing, and they're easier to kill. But there's those guys that keep beating you. There's your nemesis, there's the guy you keep losing the gunfights to, right? Do you wanna know what that is? That's called Dynamic Player Experience. You're having an experience that has a range and dynamics so it's not a predictable sort of I'm either going to win this fight or they're going to win this fight. Every kill is almost a trade. Every game is almost a tie. That is boring. Going in a game where there's a guy who stomps you and a guy who you stomp creates dynamic player experience and in Destiny 1. When I played Trials, that was the experience that I had. Okay? Before Rise of Iron, I would play, and the first couple of games, I'm like, who are these people? They are terrible. Oh my gosh. We would run over, and then I'd get to game three, and now it was my turn to get shellacked. It was my turn to get my face stomped. Why? Dynamic player experience. There's highs, and there's lows. Okay? There were some games that were close. Those were the most fun. You'd get you get a close one, right? You get a close one. Cat with the Huggies pun. Hilarious. And those are really fun. So, fast forward to your experience now. I mean, Trials is kind of all over the place. You're either going to get hit with a recovery, a super sweaty team, a cheating team, dossing team, whatever. So that's you know virtually all negative. But when I play generic Crucible, that's virtually how I feel. I have a couple of good games and then it's Every game is close to a tie. Every game is I, I almost trade. Every player is sort of like in my hemisphere of skill and it just gets boring. Well, don't you want to have a challenge, please? You just want to stomp people. No. I'm an average player. I just want to play the game and have some fun moments and some moments where I get my head beat in. It's like you 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 have a mixture of You have a mixture of experiences. And I feel like Destiny 2 has fallen into this weird, every game sort of feels the same. It's like, I just, it's, I mean, I'm always sort of in this weird, it's almost a tie, it's almost a trade. I want to have those games where, yeah, these guys are bad and I get a double or a triple on them. But then there's that one guy on the team who's really annoying and he's really, really good with his primary and I compliment him because I'm like, oh my gosh. This guy's amazing. My man Joe Burley. Good to see you. Nice trim. By the way, thank you. One of the few people with stones. This guy's got stones. He stood up for me when everything happened last year, and he got a lot of criticism for it. And I he, one of the few people that is an actual person of integrity. Weezy said the big thing was it felt organic. You could have some games where you absolutely stomped, a few close games, a game where you you stomp and anything in between. You know why? Pre-Rise of Iron, it was purely connection-based matchmaking. That is where I was headed. That's where I was headed. Weezy just hit it right on the head. They have tried to do this weird, manipulative, inorganic thing where they want to get you in this 50-50 win ratio crap. They tried to do the same nonsense in Call of Duty and it starts to feel manufactured. It's like a Truman Show version of Crucible. It's- I don't want to do this! I feel like someone else is writing the script for me. Someone else is orchestrating the outcome and I don't like it. And people disengage. You can't put your finger on why Destiny 1 Crucible felt better than now. You can't. Because it's difficult. But that's what it comes down to. You go from having a dynamic player experience to a predictable, rote, rehearsed exercise of every game sort of feels like the last. It's okay it's okay to get shellacked and stomped if you just got done doing it to somebody else or you just got done having a pretty close game, right? It's okay to get stomped. You're like, oh, well, you know, Everybody gets a turn, everybody gets a turn getting steamrolled, you know? So they've they've never gotten the recipe right in Destiny 2. It feels like they've always waffled and gone back and forth between like connection-based, skill-based, wanting a 50-50 win ratio for people, protecting people from the big bag boogeyman of like the top 10% and then Trials... Is is almost like, well, we're going to give something for the hardcore players, but then you make it ridiculously inaccessible to anybody who's not going to low card farm or go flawless, so no one wants to play. So it turns into a sweat box of recubs, cheaters, and DDoSing. And then you got like a small percentage of people that are in there, you know, trying to do honest, you, just honest work. They're just trying to win, you know? Recubs are not a problem if there's tons of people in the playlist you'd never run into them, you'd never really see them recubs are only annoying because you're already annoyed and you stat check the other team and you're like, we should beat these guys but they're recubs so that one glimmer of hope that you're going to have a good fun game gets squashed by the recubs and so you blame the recubs it's like, it's not the recubs fault it's the fact that there's nobody playing the dadgum game mode I've harped about the 50% ratio forever. The matches are basically predetermined on paper. Yeah. Recoves lead to cheating. Uh, Yeah, and marijuana is a gateway drug. You know, whatever you got to tell yourself. table jfk hey lono in the case of rng should a bad dice roll on a weapon disqualify someone from obtaining a perk that was once exclusive to broadsword claymore in my opinion bad rolls over and over are what drive me to stop playing rather than to keep at it i mean i don't really understand the logical connection here your point is is eluding me um bad rolls are part of weapon pursuit bad rolls bad are part of weapon pursuit it's just part of it so it, it, it's never a question see this is the problem people will take a negative result and they'll act as if that is the cause of their frustration it's merely a symptom of something underneath that's problematic so if you're given agency to chase something and the generosity is there so it's consistently dropping for you, okay, the bad roles are not a problem. You just throw it over your shoulder and wait for a better one or, oh, this one's close to what I want. I'll use this in the meantime, right? I swear all you do is complain. Cool, stick around. I'll do more of it. Like, I'll complain about people like you. I could do a whole video on people like you because you're awful anyway so the roles aren't the problem the problem is agency and generosity if you have the agency and the player intentionality to chase something and it's generously dropping then the bad roles are just kind of in there as a part of the pursuit right bad roles are a problem when you have to get through 5000 bad roles to get a good one Now, that's an overstatement, Bleep, and you know that it is, okay? It may take you thousands of versions to get the role that you're chasing. However, that doesn't mean every role you get is garbage. That's a huge overstatement. The mathematical probability of you getting an acceptable, decent, or passable role is actually not that bad. It's not that bad. Everything you're getting is not hot garbage. Okay, so that's hyperbolic. That's hyperbolic. The path to the god role, okay, is lined with decent roles. It's they're decent. Every time I, I was chasing an imago or chasing something else, I got decent roles all the time. As you know, just, you know I just don't want them, right? So. You, you, it's not about, listen, it's not about like, oh, getting rid of God rolls or good roles or trash rolls, okay? It's about empowering the player to chase what they want and having the generosity rhythm in a place where they feel like it could drop at any time so they keep going. That's the trick. So then, yes, there will be god rolls. There'll be decent rolls, good rolls. Ooh, close to god rolls. They'll all be in the mix. They'll all be in there. The player experience is driven by the chance and the agency to chase it. That's, 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 That's the secret. That's the ticket. This idea that, like, you, you, you've got you've got two sort of competing thoughts here. There are people that are like, I want to be given the choice, you know, to chase something, and then it's already a good or a god roll. Get rid of all these ch- trash rolls. Well, that doesn't work. There's no chase there. Your gun and my gun aren't even that different from each other. Then there's the people that are like, no, the drop rate should be ridiculously low. It should take forever to get something to drop, right? Oh, oh yeah, it should, it should take forever to drop. It's like, wait a minute. Wait, why, why am I going to keep playing why are you in love with the word agency what's the problem with agency loot intentionality targeted farming player agency right these are all interchangeable terms. I was just I'm just using agency today. I don't know. Do you ever get in a word rut and you keep using a word because like I don't know. It just kind of gets stuck in your brain like a song gets stuck in your head. I, sometimes I say lewd intentionality. Sometimes I say targeted farming. Sometimes I say empowering the player to chase what they want to chase. Agency is just a little bit quicker. In any case, that's what that's what drives player engagement. Player engagement is not driven by. The promise of good or god roll loot player engagement is driven by the chance at getting good or god rolled loot because then it feels like a prize it feels like something that you earned something that you chased this is why static rolls in the beginning of destiny 2 fell flat on its face wham what am I even doing I'm playing pokemon with guns Got that one. Done. <laughs> I'm done. I got all the guns. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> you know? So, whenever people are like, well, you know, limit the number of rolls or get rid of the bad perks or make it easier to get God rolls or make it really, really hard to get God rolls, it's not about that. Player experiences, the psychology of the player, the dopamine hits. If you okay, so there was a there was a series on Disney Plus with Jeff Goldblum, and in this series, I'm going to refresh the poll results here because we had 1.5k votes. Uh, the series basically was Jeff Goldblum doing different things. World according to Jeff Goldblum, and in the first episode, he talked about sneakers and the, the the booming industry of tennis shoes, and he talked about dopamine and how when you are at your highest level of dopamine, and the interesting point that he made was that your dopamine is at its highest point right before you get the thing you've been wanting so as you're opening the box of the sneakers there is an apex of dopamine once you pull them out lace them up put them on your feet the dopamine descends okay so the trick here is every time you see that stupid little thing land in Diablo ding and you see the light going up you're like huh and you go and you pick it up every time you see an exotic drop every time you'd end a vog and you're like do I get it do I get it do I get it do I get it dopamine 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 no fate bringer you come crashing back down that's how you get people to keep playing a video game that's how I'm a sneakerhead I don't like that Listen, it's, it's, it's just basic brain science. It's behavioral brain science. They've studied dopamine levels and the rhythms and how they hit and when they hit and how high they hit. And it's at its highest right before. So, Bungie has made two mistakes. In Season of Arrivals, it was, here's an umbral, here's an umbral, here's an umbral, here's an umbral. Umbrals meant nothing. They were nothing. They looked cool. They dropped cool. They had a cool animation on them. But you're like, foop, 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 foop. And then you go to the tower and you get gun, 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 gun. And you check the rolls. It's all mechanical. It's like you're buying, it's like you're ordering value meals, right? Now they've made the opposite mistake. Instead of just showering me with umbrels that were just tokens in disguise, call them what you will, they were tokens. You go back to the tower with seven tokens and you'd buy seven weapons, essentially. Okay, they were just tokens in disguise. They weren't. It wasn't loot. Umbrels weren't loot. <laughs> they just tricked you into thinking that they were loot. It's just it, we're back to year one of token slamming in the tower, getting a reward from a vendor. Okay, this season it's the exact opposite. It's strike, 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 strike. No drop, no drop, no drop, no. Drop. <gasps> Got one. Not what I want. Ooh. So it's no dopamine, no dopamine, no, 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 no. <gasps> Boom. You crash back down. So what's happening is we could get really, really deep into this and talk about how it's essentially going to bring about what we would call like a withdrawal symptom, where when you space out oh, this gets really busy, and I don't want to be crass because, uh, you know, chemical dependency and addictions are a very, very serious thing, but you you, uh, the further you get apart from uh, the hit, the more miserable the person feels. The, <laughs> This is, ba- this is like basic psychology and you know human behaviorism and, and brain science this is like basic 101 like the further apart you get from the good feeling the, the deeper the valley gets this is how people come out of addiction right they have to go through that deep deep valley and then to climb back out on the other side because it's so so hard like the further you get away the more the, the worse you feel so that's kind of where we are now it's like, you don't see a reward for in a super, super long period of time. What does that do to your mind state? What does that do to your brain state? What does that do to your mentality about the game? It make, it irritates you. You're angry. You can get desensitized to too, too much dopamine as well. Right, like if they overdo it, exactly. Then you get numb to it. That's precisely right. So, you... <laughs> The point is right the point is and listen if you ever have struggled with chemical dependency and 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 feeling like you need to to do something number one you need to know that you're not alone at all in that there are there are resources and ways you can climb out of that ditch many people have so there is a path for you out of that if everything if anything I've said has been like hitting home for you then seek professional help because it is there is there is hope for everyone that is in that that is in that cycle of self-destruction but in destiny what you're creating is an annoyed and angry what happens they're just gonna stop playing they're gonna go play something else if they can't get it from this they'll get it from something else yeah fractaline was like oh it's too much it's too much yeah we got too much there's like who cared it was like your 28th version of the weapon in a five-hour period Right? God it was too much. Now keep in mind, they had to do that because sundial and those weapons were going away after three months. So we lived in a different world back then. We live in a world now where they can be generous, but not over generous. They've run in the opposite direction. They've run in the opposite direction. Instead of being too generous, they're being too stingy. They've been too they're being this too stingy. And the frustrating part is, they got so many things right this season and they got to get these aspects right or trials just remove it. What's the point? You know, everybody's going to review this season and look back on it and think that it was terrible. Why? Because you your loot structure is all backwards and wrong. It's it's not it's not in line. It's not in line with with uh where it should be. It's not in line with where the game has come, you know? <clears throat> Bumble 17. Does the pinnacle grind affect engagement? Going into a sweaty playlist where players have both skill and power advantage over you, put casual players off. I get that it's endgame, but could it not be capped at the hard cap contest mode? You know, contest... Yeah. I don't want to go down this road, because we're, we're, we're already 40 minutes into Q&A, and I got a lot of questions. So, the power advantage thing, I, I mean... I, it, they need it to enforce sunsetting I will grant you this they could go about it another way. I tell you what the answer is leveling should just be automatic and easy so then there's no excuse. you should never really be going in and being at a power level disadvantage but then the power advantage in the leveling it actually enforces sunsetting every I think it should be every 15 months not 12 months. I think the sunsetting window should be longer it's too short. 15 months for sunsetting but then you would still be able to in effect sunset metas or weapons or whatever out of trials without making it frustrating for people who can't get good leveling or good rng on their leveling just make leveling really automatic it's totally fine it gives people a sense of progression it's a way to sunset it's a way to create this movement within the game but there's no reason to make it based on rng because then you end up in situations like this dr slay i don't get what's wrong with skill-based matchmaking for trials oh it's still an awesome game mode with the flawless challenge for hardcore wouldn't skill-based matchmaking allow for an easier learning curve and allow people to actually get better at trials as they progress oh i i know where this takes me because the, the the rant against skill-based matchmaking is super involved um I don't want to dismiss the question, but I don't want to camp out on this because it turns into a really, really long debate. It's laden with misunderstandings about why skill-based matchmaking is bad. It's laden with misunderstandings about why people are against skill-based matchmaking. Okay? I don't want to go down this road with you, but I don't want to make it seem like I'm dismissing you. Like, you're too stupid to get it. That's not what I'm doing. Fundamentally, you need... If you're in support of skill-based matchmaking, you are asking for a half-measure that's ultimately bad for the game and the player base. What you really want is a truly robust and well-designed ranked and unranked system. That is what you want. You're not going to get it, but that's what you want. The problem with the skill-based matchmaking debate is it keeps us all distracted and yelling at each other and saying, you just want to stomp, and you just don't want to get good. So the community does this. Instead, the community should link arm-in-arm arm and look at Bungie and say, give us a robust, well-designed, ranked, and unranked system. It would make everybody happy. Everybody. Everybody. If you're in support of skill-based matchmaking, if you hate skill-based matchmaking, both people would be satisfied by a well-designed, ranked, and unranked system. That's the answer to the problem. We need to stop going at each other on this topic and demand better from Bungie if they want this, this crucible to flourish. It's like the anti-cheat problem, you know? Stop making videos where you blame the community or stop taking, you know, swipe shots at people that do recoveries and start calling on Bungie to do right by the community and invest in anti-cheat. Streamers and YouTubers can lick Bungie's boot all day long. It's not going to get better until we start asking them to do the right things. Give us anti-cheat. Give us a truly robust ranked and unranked system. Listen, if you're not going to do that, then this is always going to be the valley that Crucible and Trials lives in. A valley of irrelevance and frustration picked apart by cheaters and dossers and, and picked apart by stacked sweat teams that have no purpose. They have nowhere to go with their time. So all they do is cannibalize playlists and YouTubers that blame the community for all the problems because they don't have the stones to call, call Bungie to the mat. It's just a cycle. It's a terrible cycle and I'm, I don't buy into it anymore. The, The community should start going at Bungie and making demands and stop going at each other you've just had really bad examples of youtubers and streamers and content creators that have created passive tribalism and brand loyalty within the community because it was good for their business but it's ultimately laid bad bad seeds that are coming home to roost now where everyone sort of turns on each other because we think that's the solution there's a scapegoat within the community there's people to blame within the community and you're just believing that illusion rather than asking for greatness from the developers or, or improvements from the developers <clears throat> the ones that have the stones to call out Bungie aren't liked by Bungie right exactly the people that have done it just end up on the outs anyway because you know egos are fragile so you know some of these some of these community managers man that block button is just tired uh, Ash and Hollow This is a pinnacle activity, PvP no less. Do you think these numbers are satisfactory to Bungie? It's supposed to be hard access, so these numbers look great. I can't help but look at the numbers from Destiny 1, okay? I I can't help but look at the numbers for Destiny 1 and be like, how can you fall so far from greatness and act like, no, this is totally fine, right? Like, you're going from 40 weeks of you know, four hundred to five hundred thousand player averages to barely maintaining a hundred at the end of a season, and then barely spiking above three hundred thousand. Like, what? I don't know how you could look at that and be like, "No, it's fine. It's pinnacle." Like, what? I don't think so. I just don't think so. I uh, they've got to look at it and think, man, the resources we're pouring into this, and the and the loot and the armor and everything. Like, I don't know. Doesn't it doesn't seem like I know that might be, like, a, a fallback, but I don't know. But what about raid numbers? The difference between raids is now that they're on their own, they're doing one raid a year, right? Raids also, I think, are a marketing tool. Raids are not something that has to be maintained. Trouble shot, locked down, fixed, out of bounds, all that. Um, you know... Raids also don't run off of matchmaking. Raids run off of interest in in people playing. So like matchmaking is a huge factor here. Like you need people in the funnel or the game mode slowly starts to die. Do you see the difference? The health of raids and the engagement numbers with raids is, is basically a testimony to how many hardcore PvE players want to go in. Okay? Trials... Unfortunately, if they don't get it right, it starts to fold in on itself and itself implodes because you don't have people to match against other people. If raid engagement goes down after a couple of weeks, that doesn't hurt my raid experience. I can just keep on going in and raiding with my buddies. The fact that a bunch of us stopped raiding at a, at a, at a point in time because maybe we got bored or whatever, that doesn't hurt your ability to go raid. It certainly hurts trials. So you can't look at player-based numbers that fluctuate this much and plummet this quickly and be like, oh, but it's endgame. It's fine. Raids get low engagement. Uh, the health and the experience of the players is dramatically impacted by the number of players playing every weekend. Maybe Grandmaster Nightfalls then. Again, Grandmasters are not an engine that runs on player funnel, being full or not. Trials is. It's as simple as that, right? If you can't get Trials right, what are you doing? You have a limping game mode that can't get enough people for people to have a good experience. You guys uh, that are trying to submit questions, you need to be a paying member to do that. This is one of the few things that you've got to be a paying member to do. Nightbot is not going to grab your question, right? And to say, why do you feel like it should be removed? It's a good mode. If you were here for my 10-minute talk and my outline, I actually argue for it to be improved and made better. I have. But at the moment, it's like, what are you doing? In its current state, it doesn't seem to fit. Now then, Kane, nice to see you. You know what I mean? Can we see that chart again? Yeah, this is the D1 chart. So you'll notice if you can see it, it's kinda hard. From there's one spike here. There's a spike here around 17. After that is week nineteen, and you go all the way to the next spike is fifty-nine. It's a 40-week window of time where the numbers are very, very up and down, but they flow along a baseline. So its current state is fine. Cool. That you're not adding to the conversation. If you think the current state's fine, great. Go play, have a ball. You guys just aren't good at PvP. I just don't like people like you, so go away. I, I don't have. T- I, I really don't have time for people with with one and a half brain cells. Get a second one so you can rub it together with another one and come up with an original thought. Uh, a coup to Papa. So a friend of mine plays on a high level. Almost went pro for Tom Clancy Seed Six, but when he plays D two. He misses that people are cheating how to explain that people have multiple flawless cards uh, doesn't mean that they're honest players I mean game okay so so skill and high level doesn't mean that you're a that your awareness in that game right it doesn't mean your awareness in that game is at a level where you can detect what's going on right on, on the round table um <laughs> be- before before these amazingly upstanding gentlemen threw me under the bus and abandoned me and and yeah before that happened, we had a member of the roundtable that would consistently say they never saw cheaters in comp, and I never had the heart to tell him that you're not good enough to detect it (laughs) you're you're too naive and doe-eyed about the situation cheaters are everywhere, you either are too bad to detect it or you're just naive. Now in this case, I don't think your teammate or your friend is bad. I think they lack awareness. They don't know what's possible, okay? This is how I described it once. When you've played Destiny for years and you go against a cheater, there are, I call it, there are missing milliseconds. There are milliseconds of time that are missing so you immediately know, you're like, now that's not, what was that? That was kind of weird what what in the world how did he do that if you are new to destiny you don't have that muscle memory you don't know what game and combat rhythm looks and feels like so when somebody skirts and gets you faster than they should or those missing milliseconds are absent you're not in tune with it you're not in tune with it I don't know you just you don't you don't you don't sense that it's there. Remember, I keep saying he wasn't good enough to match cheaters. Yeah, that too, Wheezy. He wasn't good enough to match against the cheaters. <laughs> he might have hung out at the lower echelons. It's also comp to skill based matchmaking. So if you have low elo, you're likely to not see cheaters as you're climbing the elo ladder fast. So you will get put against better players. Yeah, a less experienced player is also not hitting high elo, so they're not matching the cheaters. There's a handful of things that could be going on in this in this scenario with a coup de papa's friend. They just... The missing milliseconds, dude. When I played Quake 3 non-stop, I knew the second I got killed by a cheater. I knew it. I was like, that wasn't right. That was unnatural. The lightning gun would trace me. They'd preemptively shoot the rocket before I rounded the corner. You could tell that the snipe shot with the railgun was almost a snap. It was almost a toggle, like, whip-bam. You could feel it. You're like, something's off. That wasn't right. So, less experienced players... It's not even about skill, again, too. If you're just newer to Destiny, you may be a very good first-person shooter player, but you have no way to detect somebody walling or toggling because you're just like, maybe he's just a good player. I don't know. I've not played this game before. Yo, Vapor, thanks for the renewal on the membership. Valorant. I played Valorant, and that game has, like, lightning-fast time to kill, and even in Valorant, you're like, ah, that one was weird. That was a little fishy, you know. And then you watch them for the rest of the round. And you're like, yeah, there's something going on here. Why? Ah, they're just there. There's something off. There's something wrong. Well, I had been playing Valorant and watching it for weeks, so I was attuned to how quickly somebody could target act. You know, the target acquisition on certain weapons. You just knew, man. This guy is not getting all headshots with that weapon. It's not built that way. You just knew they were doing something that was out of step with the norm. So. <laughs> uh, Robert Jones with another question. With the next question, sorry, holy moly, too many questions. Why would Bungie remove trials if it gets always gets reasonable engagements with new loot injections? I I would agree just to disagree on this. If this is what you think, I don't think the engagements are very good right now, and I think it has more to do with logistics than the new loot. Like the new loot's not the problem; it's how they handle the new loot. So, um, Luke Spray says, do you think uh, placing trials behind some sort of paywall would help? People feel more comfortable due to do less cheaters. I just, man, I can't believe we still have to talk about it. People are paying sixty to ninety dollars a month to cheat. You are—they aren't going to give a rip about having to pay ten dollars on a season. I want you to just press pause and really think about that with me, okay? I spend sixty dollars a month for an internet-only package in my home from a cable company, okay? Sixty dollars a month. I'm a dad, I own a home, it's part of my business. These dudes are paying that much to cheat in a video game. So if you think they're gonna be like you know, every month I pay 60 but every once in a while having to pay 10 I think I'm gonna stop cheating. (laughs) I just don't, I don't think the paywall solves it man. It's monthly dude, it's monthly it's monthly. It's not gonna stop them. In three months' time, they've spent close to two hundred dollars. If a couple of times in that period they got to spend ten, they do not care. They don't. I just think that it's an oversimplification of the problem. I love Astacross. I do. I think he's just. I actually think he's one of the few stand-up individuals in the community. But I don't think he's right on this. I don't think kicking free-to-play players out is going to do anything. I just don't think it is I think it'll make a teeny tiny little little impact but it's not going to make a dent in the groundswell of people willingly paying money to cheat on a regular basis you need anti-cheat you need anti-cheat joseph young uh is the system trials run on too refined back in d1 year two it was a general loot system of rewards for wins no need for tokens when your loot is in the game and not an npc menu i think they can use the current system to replicate that what we had in d1 though the idea that no matter what happens you're getting stuff i think they can replicate it with the tokens should we get rid of reset on cards can't reset until you have max losses no, 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 no. You're over baking the cake. This is a a form of micromanagement that would not help. You would just have people then throwing to finish the card. Uh, you know, not letting people reset the card isn't going to solve the foundational issues with trials are solved by big picture changes, big sort of philosophy shifts. Not, um, it's not solved by being like, you can't reset your card. Like, that's not going to fix anything. You can't micromanage and legislate to the to the extreme people. Like when somebody said earlier like if you go flawless, you can only match flawless people. I'm like, that's not going to work, man. People just won't go flawless. That's not going to do it. So I this this wouldn't help. I don't think this would help either. Uh, Robert Jones. What do you think of Bungie's nerf buff philosophy? It seems to me like they over something, uh, and the next nerf leaves the item in a worse state than it was before the buff. Example, Anteus Wards. Oh, be quiet. Don't even... Br- Anteus Wards? <laughs> Come on, man. Listen, I don't know the state of Anteus Wards right now, but, <laughs> first of all, it's a gimmick of... <laughs> it's just such a gimmick of an exotic. And secondly... If it's not what it once was... Like, come on, man. I don't don't know. In general, I think the pendulum has swung a little bit more extreme on heavies. They make heavies really awesome. Like grenade launchers and machine guns. And then they nerf them back down. And they did the same thing with, uh... the same thing with swords. I think they're going to do that with heavies just to have seasons of dominance. Um... I, I don't know. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole of like, which nerfs were too extreme, which nerfs were just fine, they didn't kill Recluse, they didn't kill One-Eyed Mask, I feel like they made good changes to those, but you're always going to get lost in the force of subjectivity here. Everyone's going to be like, oh, I think this nerf was fine, and the same person, and, and in the same in the same room, you're going to have somebody be like, no, that nerf absolutely murdered that weapon, and it's just, it, it, it's it's too subjective. In general, Bungie likes to have seasons of dominance, so it, it, they 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 like to have seasons of dominance. They like to have something kind of like break out and be kind of crazy, and then they they rein it back in. That's just kind of their approach. Is that right or wrong? I, it's you can like it or dislike it, but it's what they do. It kind of keeps things fresh. I don't think you're ever going to have a system where everything is perfectly balanced, because balance is boring and the only way to get things perfectly balanced is to make them safe and neutered and weak um that's the best way uh somebody named Bradley ordered some coffee thank you for doing that man we've sold like 7 bags of coffee today that's a really really great uh you know daily turnout for the coffee so thank you so, I I know we rant and rave about nerfs and buffs, nerfs and buffs but it's kind of like, I what what else are they going to do, you know it turns into like a bit of a pendulum swing, but I, I don't see a way for them to be like, now with heavy weapons I actually think they could, I, I think they could get them in a, in a better state where you could use rockets, grenade launchers and machine guns and swords sort of interchangeably, dependent upon preference and dependent upon like what you want to do, um Post coffee link, you can use the coffee command or go to ragelessroast.com. So, uh, Leon, in your opinion, would the playlist benefit more from an Umbral-style loot gain or should it stay token random drop? Again, I don't get into specifics. I just talk in big picture, games 1 through 3, games 4 through 7. The specifics don't matter to me. It's that the principle of games 1 through 3 should be awesome and really rewarding for medium to low-end uh, to low end skill players, and then games 4 through 7 should be undeniably better and more lucrative for higher-skilled players. That's the principle that they need to apply. The specifics don't matter to me. I don't want to get into the specifics, because we get lost in the weeds when we do that. And somebody's like, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And everybody has an idea right of of what is the right solution no the principle i kind of rise above specifics and say the principle is the card should sort of exist in two worlds so um yeah uh, hunter says "Bungie loves looking at data why can't they see the obvious bump in numbers when a good gun is at 3 wins seemingly more accessible messenger weekend had a huge boost compared to the other weeks I mean that adds credence to a lot of what we've been saying to do right a lot of what we've been trying to say this morning is that the beginning of the card is is so important and now you can't live on this right There's only so many weapons you can throw on game three, you're going to run out of weapons, right? But, again, it proves the axiom and the principle that I've been trotting out. That games one through three are extremely important, and if they're lucrative and rewarding and worth your time, then the player base numbers go up. That backs what we've been saying. I think that pairs really, really well with 40 weeks of stable player base numbers before Rise of Iron, because that's how it was set up. Weezy coming in with a question. This isn't so much as a question as a philosophy shift. I know you agree. I'll ask it anyway. Should Bungie be more generous and just rain loot down that way? Average players know that even if we get stomped, we still get a reward. 100% drop at a win, 60% drop at a loss, for example. Yeah, the specifics of the math here aren't important. It's that you're trotting out a fleshed out version of what I've been saying. If you and your buddies don't really play a whole lot of Crucible, right? But you know, right? You know that you can go in, and you can you can get stuff regardless of your skill level. I gotta tell you, I just I think that's what the player pace that's what the player pool needs. You know, that's just what it needs. You need people in there, and that's the easiest way to get them in there. Um. I don't know. It's 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 this weird... We've been talking about it all morning. It's this weird Destiny 1 loot philosophy that they haven't... Sh- it's like it's still there. It's dormant. It's there and it's dormant. And it's extremely problematic this season because... They put loot in two dungeons, that is worth chasing. They put loot in all three playlists, that is worth chasing. They put loot in trials, that is worth chasing. They put loot in the seasonal format with Battlegrounds and the umbrals and it's all worth chasing. And when you look at it all, it's like this cloudy, murky, unclear path of how do I get any of this? The frick? What, I wanna focus the umbral. How many charges, what? How many charges do I need? How long is it going to take me to level up the helm? What? Huh? It's, it's like you have a really, really great chef and terrible waitstaff. You're making just banging meals. Awesome. And your waitstaff's ruining the experience of the consumer. They're like, dude, the food is so good, but this waitstaff is terrible. They're slow. They get my orders wrong. What the frick is going on? You got a five-star chef in the kitchen and a bad waitstaff. That's what happened here. Whoever was in charge of loot and putting it places and making it look cool and having cool perks they did a great job and then the waitstaffs like i got an idea let's make it like stupidly and inexplicably hard to get basically anything like let's make it confusing and convoluted and really really stingy why would you do that why what the what nobody looked at the drop rate of the playlist weapons not a single person at bungie thought that's going to be a problem. Nobody looked at the helm upgrade bottleneck and the bottleneck of Umbrils and was like, that's going to be a problem. Nobody? I don't understand. It's like... It's like they pivoted from the FOMO model where it was like sundial and they had to just dump truck the the gear on you and they're like, well, now everything stays around for a year. So we really need to strangle the earn rates. It's like no you don't because there's always a new season coming and there's sun setting it's, it, 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 it's like they overreacted to the FOMO shift Bungie shows you the steak and only gives you me a chance at day old beef jerky oh, no, no 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 that's not it at all Wheezy they show you the steak and they prepare it immaculately well and then they bring it out to you and it's been sitting and it's cold and you're like why'd you this could have been so good what'd you do this for This could have been good. You ruined You messed it up. If you would have brought it back, if you'd have brought it out here an hour ago, now it's cold and tough and all the juices have dried up. What'd you do? It's an amazing gun and amazing weapons and great possible roles. And you're like, why'd you do this? No one wants to do this. Play 10 gambit games and never see a drop. Who are you making the game for? Who are these people? (laughs) It's awful. Don't worry, in three seasons, they'll finally up the drop rates right before they get sunset. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Somebody named Extremes. Extremes just ordered some coffee. Thank you so much, man. Another coffee order. Booyah. Man, if we can hit roughly 10 bags a day, we're going to be in trouble. In the good kind of trouble. (laughs) Uh... Uh, duh, 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 duh. Um, yeah, that was weird. Okay, anyway. Uh, all right, come on. I got to move on. I got to move on. Uh, let's see. Eighteen. Question number eighteen. Please don't submit any more questions. Please don't. Can we stop? I I, I normally don't say this, but just stop because I've got plenty, and we're already over an hour. Do me do me a favor and just stop. submitting questions. Um, Lono. Uh, from hitman don't you feel that aside from everything we already know that needs fixed in trials don't you feel that stasis has also put a huge dent in people's motivation for such a competitive atmosphere I mean listen I, this is oof, wow we've talked about this I, I've got a couple videos on this 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 is a part of okay this is a part of uh, this part of my outline down here square peg alright trials are starting to feel like a square peg the game's evolving and changing, and they've got a trajectory of where they're taking this game, and Stasis sort of is starting to feel like, man, you guys are really evolving this in a way that Trials doesn't fit. So you either gotta rework Trials, right? Extreme is me. I try to change the name. Oh, no worries, Vapor. Thank you. The name is probably on the order. I just see the email associated with the order. That's all I see. So I don't say your full email, but I want to make sure and thank you for the coffee order. Um... It, it's almost like, it feels like, a, as it says right here, like, Trials of Osiris feels like a dinosaur trying to live in the modern world. It looks big, grand, and really cool, but it just doesn't fit with the world around it. Like, if you saw a brontosaurus walking around Times Square, it would look amazing. It'd be big and grand. It'd be this huge spectacle. But after a little while, you'd be like, this thing does not belong here. It's but it's stepping on cars. It's breaking buildings. This is bad. This doesn't fit in the world now it doesn't fit here and trials feels that way it's big it's grand it's cool the the armor looks dope the prestige the idea and then it lands in destiny you're like this just doesn't seem like it fits stasis and how strong and fast we are and and the weapon delivery and the and there's not enough people playing can they restructure it to make it fit uh, that'd be great because again I think it's such a great cocktail it's such oh, it trials is such a good game mode it really really is the concept is so good and it's like a it's like a square peg in a round hole right now it's just like it just it, it doesn't fit it just it just it just doesn't fit um, I can always pre-screen it Wheezy. I appreciate the heads up about the question I don't know what it is uh, two-parter from Thomas do you agree? Destiny 1 Trials. Oh, tough luck. You didn't go flawless, but hey, you completed the bounties. Here's some armor. Come back next week. Try again. Part 2. Destiny 2. Oh, you lost the match. Hey, here's some tokens to earn loot, but you can't use them without getting three wins. Oh, you can't get past the first match. Tough luck. Try again. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're going. It's it's just, it's it's really, really inaccessible. Um, it, It's just too inaccessible. We're not getting good numbers. Uh, and that's the problem. Uh, a Painter says, with the thing most people complain about right now being anti-cheat, how do you expect Bungie to communicate their launch or plans of an advanced anti-cheat without giving cheaters time to work around it before it releases? Okay. There's a difference between saying we got anti-cheat on the way, expected launch you know, next season. We're working on it. That's all you gotta say it'll be an installed front-facing anti-cheat right that's all you gotta say i don't need to know the details i don't need to know the details just tell me that it's coming do something deliver it you know yeah smashville the reason we discourage joke questions is because if i respond positively or i joke back and forth with you, i'm like haha funny question then it becomes like everybody's going to start doing that, it happened on the other platform we have to be kind of, thanks to Demins we have to be harsh because if I let you do it you have to understand live chats whatever you allow replicates itself, so if I let you do it then all of a sudden having instead of having 20 questions I have 30 questions and 9 of them are silly, does that make sense? So, nobody's mad at you. We're just, we've, we've had to be, this is, the, we're going through the same process we went through on the other platform. Viewership is up, engagement's up, and questions go up, and then people start to goof off. And then it, it, we have to be kind of harsh to keep it in, in, uh, in control. Uh, I can't justify forty for shipping, Master Chef. I, I I appreciate that. Don't worry about not buying some coffee. Seriously, we did everything we could to keep shipping costs down. Shipping outside of the continental U.S. right now is just stupidly expensive. There's nothing we can do. I can't eat the cost to give you a better shipping because then I don't make any money. Like shipping outside of the U.S. is just unfortunately ridiculously expensive right now. No matter what we do, we tried all sorts of combinations, and there's. There's nothing we can do about it. Last question uh, from Resurrect. You rather move trials altogether than allow matchmaking. Takes forever to get a team together on LFG. Why not allow matchmaking? Go on with a fresh card and get you locked. with. Okay, so, all right. It, here's the thing. A bad solution is not better than putting the game on ice for a while. Does that make sense? So, right now... I can't really afford to do the Monday afternoon show we were doing on Repeat Theater, all right? It just isn't in the cards for me. Now, I'm putting that show and that segment on ice. I'm like, let's just give the, let's just put this on hold for a little while and then we'll come back to it later, okay? That's better, right? That's better than trying to do something that's bad. Like I would ultimately be wasting my time wouldn't I like well here let's just do a bad solution let's just do a show every afternoon again or whatever so it's better to put something that has potential on ice and instead of doing a bad solution because I mean I I just don't think matchmaking is going to deliver the experience that people are are, I, I just don't think so you know can I still donate through super chat yeah you should be able to super chat's been finicky sometimes stubby so it might not be a problem it just sometimes doesn't work for people I don't know why you can also use the tip command you can tip me directly through the network website if you prefer to do that it won't hit chat or anything but it supports me directly um I don't know I I don't want to go through all of the reasons why I think matchmaking is a problem but it doesn't square with the spirit of the game mode and it would ultimately I think be a problem expert mythic with a brand new membership 11 new members today thank you so much expert mythic enjoy the dope badge and emotes. you are dope and deserve dope stuff um there's too many ddosers and cheaters right now to even consider matchmaking or freelance I just I I just don't think it's a good idea the game mode is built around three man teams with high communication and that's the opposite of that you're just gonna flood it with a bunch of nonsense you know Nice like ratio. Thank you. Listen, we're kind of rounding out Q&A. And usually when I do that, people leave. Make sure and hit like and subscribe and the bell button if you are on your way out. I'd love it if you stuck around. We always have like a bit of an after show. And we might do some VIP call-ins today if there's people willing to call in. If you do a paid membership that's higher than the $5 and you do the VIP, you can literally get in Discord and call in sometimes and talk to me. Um, and we have time to do it today so we're going to end Q&A and you might hear some folks just calling in we're not going to record VIP call in so it'll be a little bit more off the cuff and I may play the game while we do it Um, and I'll probably be eating as well I know Wolvie wanted to get in on this he has a show by the way that we do if you guys like Trials, you're listening to this recording you're here right now look for Trials Halftime on YouTube or Crucible Coliseum the channel is Crucible Coliseum the show is uh, Trials Halftime. So make sure and check that out. So don't go anywhere. We got got more to talk and discuss and more content to give you. And uh, if you're listening to this recording elsewhere, man, you want to be here for these live Monday through Friday, sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.